This is Control Structure, episode 134, for September 17th, 2017. Big week to everyone listening. This show has notes. Visit thenexus.tv slash cs134 to see them. I'm your host, Stephen Orvis, and with me is the other host, Andrew Billy. Hi, Andrew. Arr! It, 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 it must be some special day that you're talking like that. I... Tuesday be International Talk Like a Pirate Day, so I'm getting me practicing in. There you go, you get your practice in, and you can get a Krispy Kremes, and I'll be on their case for not giving you a box of donuts. Although those greedy landlubbers apparently ain't doing that no more. Yes, that's what I heard. So, so you still show up though and talk to them or something, and let them know that you know, hey, we like that. But it actually... only, but it only be good for very short sentences. Because I'm kind of getting dry now. I'm kind of starting to sound like a Scotsman, not a pirate. <laughs> I uh, I guess Long John Silver's, though, uh, you go there and uh, let's see, what is it you get? Oh, I think you get a deep fried tr- Twinkie for free, I think. If you're into, into that kind of thing. Hmm. Well, the nearest one is like down in Cannonsburg. Or, well, used to be in Cannonsburg. Uh, oh, yeah, I remember that one. Ironic- I was in there a couple of times. Ironically, I think that's a Dunkin' Donuts now. Uh, yeah, I, I know what it was because I was in there and like one no time one was in there. Yeah, no one was in there, and they would take forever to order. And like one time, they literally forgot my order, and I was sitting on the bench in front of the counter. And like half an hour later, the lady's like, "Did we take your order?" And I'm like, "Yes, like half an hour ago." <laughs> yeah, I was. Anyways, but I, I liked it because it was quiet. I'd go there and I'd read. And you know what? I when I was reading, I didn't really care if it was slow. I I did appreciate it when they actually had my order. Like that to me made yeah. a difference. Like it was nice to actually be working on it, not like, did we take your order yet? And I was like, oh my, <laughs> I waited for half an hour. I was patient. I was really patient with you guys. <laughs> anyway, they did get my order, and I I did eat, and it was okay. But maybe I wasted half an hour of my life. So, on my deathbed someday, I'll think back and be like, you know that, that half hour I wasted on the Silvers? And took it from me. <laughs> so, anyways. So, how have you been, Andrew? Uh, so, it's it's been okay. <clears throat> Let's see. The podcast schedule of late has been kind of weird, but oh well. We can yeah. do things for pirates. But, uh, yeah, so... Uh, since we were recording this on the weekend, well, uh, it's Saturday night, and I've uh, done a, uh, you know, done my normal biking for today, like 23 miles or so. Uh, did that last Saturday and Sunday, and I'm probably going to do again tomorrow. Uh, so yeah, last Sunday I filled up my grill and like you know made a whole bunch to eat like I normally do, and ended up with a uh, mountain of steak uh, in my fridge. Mountain of steak. Yeah, like I had marinated them and you know put them on. It was, it, you know, they're pretty great. I, I remember you saying you were going to get into doing steaks because you haven't, uh, hadn't really done too many of them. Yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll have to come visit again sometime. Yeah, um, you know, let's. I guess we can take this back to uh, our you know original purpose in life, being the food show. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. I was that was a pretty good show. We we should. Definitely do one well, again the, sometime. The, the cooking show. Cooking uh, show. Yep. But, but uh, you know, definitely, uh, you know, 
like even before then, like this show was known as the food show because me and Chris, uh, Utah Chris, would always uh, be talking about food. Food's uh, <laughs> a good topic. Yeah. So, uh, so like I, you know, had like all this marinade from the steaks, and then what I did was I poured them over like the two two dozen hot dogs I had in there. So like now, like my mm-hmm. hot dogs kind of taste like the steak now. Oh, nice! That, w- that would make for good hot dogs. Yeah. So like uh, what I what I did was uh, <clears throat> I believe it was like uh, two cups of oil and about two cups of vinegar. Uh, then mix in like four or five tablespoons of garlic, uh, or no, uh, oregano, basil, and like maybe a little less garlic, uh, and also some hot sauce because whenever I, whenever like uh, I do anything with garlic in it, I always think that the garlic needs a little bit of a kick to it. Hot sauce makes a lot of things good. Yeah, just just a little bit. You know, I still yeah. you know want the garlic to be in there. And, uh, you know, of course, the uh, Cajun casserole as well. So, yeah, like, my, my grill was entirely full. Nice. So, like, the steaks were in there for, like, a good, uh, like, 40 minutes, 45 minutes or so. And, like, they still came out kind of medium. So, yeah, like, I'm I'm not sure of, you know, if you use, like, a, a gas grill, like what, like, what the timing of the cooking is on that. But, like... You know, these uh, these wood pellet grills, like you just put it on there and like it just stays moist no matter what. I wonder what, uh, so you're just saying you think you can cook them longer and, and it doesn't really impact them. Yeah. Hmm. So, Interesting. Like I, uh, I tend to like, like my steaks maybe a little bit more than medium, like maybe medium well, but they, uh, they were still pretty good. And it's the second time I've actually done steaks, so... Um, like I pretty much whenever, uh, uh, giant Eagle has a buy one, get one free, uh, meats and like their steak there, mm-hmm. like, yeah, I'll buy like $60 worth of steak for 30, like no <laughs> questions. So, uh, like I, the last time I went, I got four more steaks. And so I have like eight in my freezer cause I had some leftover. So nice. Yeah. Anyways. Uh, getting off from the mouth drooling. So I'm going to be, uh, uh, remember Mr. Subway? Mr. Subway. Uh, would that be the guy at Subway? Yes, the, the owner. Oh, the one that you, you turned on the data and filled out his, his uh, survey for him. Uh, he, yeah, like He knows your constantly. name. Yeah. Like he's yeah. your friend and, and all that. Yep. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, he, he's been kind of missing me lately because I haven't really been there like too much in the past two weeks. Um, so yeah, you know, this past week was my grilling the week before I had went over to, uh, like some, uh, church member's house for a uh, labor day. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, I did my casserole for that. Uh, but they also, uh, had like leftover burgers. So I took those and was eating those that week. There you go. So, so yeah, like I've been saving so much by not uh, spending it at Mr. Subway. Probably his his store ratings going way down, and he's getting in trouble from his managers. And he's like, <laughs> "You haven't had many good reviews this week. You better better get some so, up higher." So, like, the only reason I'm going to Subway in these weeks is to actually like eat vegetables. So, uh, like, I go Tuesday for the chicken sub, and then like sometime else for like a veggie patty sub. 
so I can get like a lot of veggies. And veggies are good for you. Yeah. So, uh, anyways, so this... it looks like you have a, a special gun here. Yes. Speaking of pirates, I just realized I I went to a gun show like two weeks ago, and I walk in like one of the first tables I walked up to. A guy has a gun. Uh, it's a kick gun, but it's not quite finished, but it, it does function. And uh, like it was like lock? really cheap. What's that? It looks like a flintlock or something. It's a cap. It's a cap lock, actually, kind of similar though. Um, but yeah, it's a cap lock muzzle loading pistol, which kind of looks like your traditional classic pirate gun. So yeah, I was like really cheap. I was like, uh, okay, <laughs> that would be fun to shoot. So anyways, yep, I did that. And then today, uh, our, our church camp has uh, had a men's retreat, and so I was up there. I took it up there, shooting it and stuff. And so it was lots of fun. So yeah, speaking of pirate guns, I have I have a pirate gun, kind of. Oh, that's cool. So, uh, hey, while we're talking about ships, let's talk about a very different kind of ship, uh, like a spaceship, or to be specific, a space probe. Uh, Cassini uh, has been orbiting Saturn for 13 years, or it was until last Friday morning when it was pur- purposefully uh, steered into Saturn and disintegrated. So. Have you noticed- so, uh, goodbye, Cassini. Have you noticed NASA has a thing about, like, driving probes into planets? Yeah, it's like they're, you know, running some kind of extraterrestrial, you know, destruction derby or something. Yeah. It's like, here's tax dollars, go drive into that planet. <laughs> but, oh, like, do a few years of science before then, please. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they gathered gather research from it, and it was end of life. Yeah. Uh, speaking of life, uh, the reason they did that is, you know, they don't want to take any chances of this, like, inaptive probe crashing into places where they think there might be life. And so, kill, like, that one last alien that's out there that... Or, no. or, or rather contaminate, uh, these places with, you know, possibly contaminate, uh, with Earth life. Hmm, uh, that's a good point. So, yeah, apparently NASA thinks that Pretty much every moon out there has an underground ocean of some kind. Hmm. You know, uh, let's see, I came I came across a, a comment that, uh, you know, essentially said, it's like, why does everything have to, like, be about, you know, searching for life and stuff? Yeah, that does seem to be their driving motiv- motivator. I think yeah. that comes from uh, evolution and that they want to prove it. And, hey, it should happen other places, too. Oh jeez, will you get over it, will ya? Life, life, life. How living centric of you. Check your alive privilege. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm joking about that part. <laughs> but surely there must be a few good reasons to explore space besides whatever it has to do with life and mm-hmm. support thereof. It is is an ocean of liquid methane not interesting in its own right? that could be useful i mean you could if you could somehow get the methane here and we could burn it like that could be kind of nice yeah if if uh you know if nasa said that there was lots of oil on mars we'd be there tomorrow oh yes oh that that is that is really true i i I would see that now say there's oil rigs up there they've got the pipeline going yeah (laughs) yeah get that and oil then, and then trump's gonna make mars great again okay <laughs> section three structure the most common pirate verb is to be as in the singular this grog be warm or the plural these apples be rotten 
Note the sentence structure, with the noun always before the adjective. That there be a buxom wench. Is wrong. That there wench be buxom. Is correct. Here is an example of conjugating tenses. The past. I been plundering. The present. I be plundering. And the future. I gonna be plundering. Raspberry. 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 Yay. So, uh, speaking of Mars, uh, you know how they have the rovers that drive around Mars and how they can remote control them and take pictures, take samples with an arm and things like that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Have you ever wanted your own rover that you could drive around on Earth and explore with? Um, sometimes. Now you can with Turtle, your own personal rover. Uh, so apparently it's Raspberry Pi powered and they've open sourced a lot of the the like the hardware and whatever that they've done with it. And so it's a Kickstarter, actually. We haven't had one of those for a while. So we have an actual Kickstarter uh, and uh, they basically uh, you have your phone and you control your rover and drive it around, take pictures and and they have attachments. And it sounds like they're really catering to the do it yourself kind of you can add in things or electronics I can see this great for doing people doing research with like uh, uh, t- autonomous cars and things like that. That would be really great. You could plug in a module that has maybe a brain on it or something or extra sensors. A brain? Uh, yeah, a brain. <laughs> more, more, more brainy. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. We take these. We take these mouse brains and we plant them on the <laughs> river, and then and it goes around and it like runs at the cheese. We don't know why yet. That we kind of work the bugs out. And we train at <laughs> the cheese thing. Anyways. Uh, Anyways, so if you if you have an extra thousand uh, dollars, you can you can pre-order one of these river things. Really neat toy, but I was like, that would be fun, but not a thousand dollar toy. Nope. <laughs> maybe maybe someday when it's a lot cheaper. Uh, other things that I thought of doing with a Raspberry Pi before was actually to make like a security camera. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And I th- I thought about it before. And I, one thing I thought was I kind of need like backing software and stuff for the camera because I, I don't really want to log in SSH and jump to the terminal and go look at things. I mean, that's cool and all, but not really day-to-day stuff. Apparently, there is a, uh, is a is software for that. And I found an article. This guy was making a night vision Raspberry Pi. He had a camera that has LED lights on it and stuff, or presumably the infrared uh, on it, and so you can see the dark. But at the bottom of the article, he has a link to a software project that makes like an official uh, motion camera that like uploads the pictures to a certain directory and, and things like that. So that that was kind of neat to find. Uh, I do see that as being useful someday, maybe making a bunch of Raspberry Pi zeros and chaining them together and making like a some sort of a security camera network. So is this like a specifically a in- infrared camera? That was my assumption since it says night vision. Uh, you can see all the in that picture there. You can kind of see all the the LEDs that's on that there. Uh, most of the yeah. time, when people say night vision, they mean infrared. But uh, let's see here. Let's see. Uh, this here. Light source add-on for Raspberry Pi camera module, including infrared. Uh, so that does sound like what it is, because yeah. the Raspberry Pi camera does see infrared. Uh, I, you know, how when you take your remote control and uh-huh. you can kind of shine at your camera and you can see stuff. Uh-huh. Uh, that's that's the deal there. So uh, the Pi camera can see that so so with this add-on it's i don't know if it's just like a, oh it probably just like a shield that goes around it and then it's making the the light source for it uh, this would be make a neat uh uh neat trial camera i thought different times of having if kind of you get the solar panel fixed up and the battery source so it's can infinitely run uh-huh. and then you just have it 
whether it's Wi-Fi or maybe a data network, like Wi-Fi chain. And then you can just take your pictures and uh, of like deer or whatnot and push them up. And then, then like deer, deer season, you've got this whole network that when a deer moves, we know it's at. Yeah, you're kind of like the NSA of the woods. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it looks like Apple had an event, I guess. There was a podcast that I don't really care about. Wait, we have an Apple cast? Yeah, like, uh, let's see, I don't think it was actually, like, the Apple show, like, Podkit or whatever we have now. It was a just regular ne- Nexus special. Okay. So, yeah, it looks like they introduced, like, two new phones or something, and one of them is, like, all glass, like the Samsung phones. So I heard about someone was saying that the, the face of it's all touchable or something. Yeah. It, anyways. So, uh, remember uh, our uh, Google stuff from last time? I do remember the Google stuff. Do you Google remember the Gab? I, I don't know if I talked about the podcast or not, but I do... I, have heard about gab yeah so uh gab was uh kicked off of the uh, google play store and gab has decided to sue google uh over antitrust concerns which uh kind of seems uh you know they might have a case here you know seeing as uh uh like how google is like completely in charge of android and it is the majority of the market that's you know uh, you know, Google is, you know, locking them out of, uh, like a lot of users. Uh, but then on the contrary, Google, uh, banned them for like hateful content for like, uh, white supremacists and stuff using their, uh, their network. Uh, but on the flip side, like Twitter has those people, Twitter even has terrorists. Uh, but you know, no one is going around, uh, removing uh, Twitter's apps from uh, their stores, so and I, it would other... it would be absurd to you know equate uh, or at least you know sort of infer approval of these views uh, you know on the platform just by you know virtue of them being there. I was saying the other side to this too is the the deal that they were saying that Google and Twitter has together. So that's that's their their uh, legal aspect of they're saying that Google has interest in Twitter doing well versus Gab not doing well. Exactly. It was interesting at the, the bottom of the article, uh, they were talking about that the, the court documents, though, were less written for a judge. The author of the article was speculating, and he was thinking that maybe is actually aimed at uh, free advertising. So, you, you, you know, blow this really big. Get the media in on it, accuse Google and all this because people like you know hateful things and talking about things like that. Like it just people love that stuff. Yeah. So get get all the hype built up and then then get get famous and forget about Google. You know. Yeah. Make their money. So who does? So, I mean, I guess Google probably uses C since like they're doing a whole lot of Linux stuff. Probably. Uh, I don't use it, but I at least know what main is, or do I? So, uh, you know, how you have, you know, like your main function that, you Mm -hmm. know, takes a few arguments, and at least in the uh, case of Hello World, you know, prints something out to to the console. So this guy decided to maybe play around with that, uh, because apparently the uh, GCC compiler 
says that you know main is usually a function so it's like well what other kinds of main are there and eventually he boils it down to a uh, an int array which is done right neat the whole concept of the main not having to be a function that they wrote it that way that's that's just really cool because that i don't know a lot of interesting things yeah so um i think we've uh, poked at uh, nginx before uh it's a, a web server so you know about apache and iis presumably right mm-hmm. so nginx is like probably the third most used web server i've noticed it seems to be famous for being a proxy and more just like a, a dumb dumb server from what I've seen. Yeah, like a reverse proxy. Exactly. Uh, so apparently it's uh, it also has a sort of side project or something called Unit, uh, which is an application server. So this is uh, sort of more along the lines of like .NET in IIS, you know, where you can actually, mm-hmm. you know, like store state on sessions and like process database transactions. Uh, so uh, it looks like uh, Unit is trying to do that, but allows a whole bunch of languages uh, on it. Was I misinterpreting it? Or I was kind of getting the feeling that this is another another container-like layer, just the feeling I was getting from it. Yeah, from from what I get, that's exactly what an application server is. So, like, you put your, uh, you know, like, whatever, your bundle of code on this uh, server, and, like, it'll live there. Mm-hmm. So, and, like, it'll it's essentially like an EXE, but for a web server. Yep. Containers are big now. It's That's the future. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Java was all over this, like, 15 years ago. <laughs> Uh, but more I, on that later. You were going to say something? Uh, yeah, I was uh, kind of a Java wagon. I was going to say, I've noticed as my company's gotten into cloud stuff, I have kind of gotten the sneaky feeling that most of this cloud stuff has been pioneered with Java stuff. I've, I've just noticed that. Because the .NET Core, like, .NET Core 2.0 was released like a few weeks ago. <laughs> just stuff like that. I've, I've just noticed that. Yes, anyways... Windows and .NET Core. Speaking of .NET Core and Linux. Well, and speaking about Windows, so you know how uh, a long time ago that uh, you know we were all getting excited because uh, Linux was coming to Windows? Yes, and then I found out I had to boot into Windows and I stopped being excited. <laughs> so uh, I was uh, finally curious about how to actually do that. And so I looked it up, and apparently it's more or less a two-step process. Uh, You need to open up PowerShell in administrator mode, run this sort of obscure command that I wouldn't even have guessed. Uh, Then, like, go into your update and security uh, settings and switch it to developer mode, and then you can run Bash, which will automatically install Ubuntu for you. So did it work for you? It did. So nice. like, I was just at work, you know, doing, you know, uh, I think it was like in between projects or something that I'm like, you know, this might be actually be useful at some point. Yes. So, uh, you know, I decided, OK, I guess I might want to do this since I have Windows 10 at work. So went ahead and did that. And oh, this is great. And because 
like the internet at our office got upgraded like a month or two ago. Mm-hmm. That uh, like downloading all these packages is not a pain in the butt. <laughs> One thing I noticed right off the bat when I was thinking about this, like as far as a work computer goes, I. Uh, Right now, if I want to run like Linux Docker containers, I have to go jump in a VM and go run them from there. But if they could like natively running in this shell, this Ubuntu shell, that would be really awesome because then I can spin up all these containers and, and do things with them and not have to go go and mess around with my VM. Yeah, and uh, it appears that you can also run an X server on this, so you can have graphical Linux applications running as well. That, that's pretty neat stuff. Yeah. So, and uh, I was also poking around and actually saw someone who got hired at Microsoft, and he's apparently a Linux guy, and, like, he was getting all excited about uh, working on this, or at least, uh, you know, like, investigating it a little bit Mm -hmm. deeper. He sounds like he was poking at it and uh, giving a good run there. He said he was uh, fuzzing it with Linux commands, and it sounds like he thought that they had a good bit of the commands implemented. The one flaw he was noticing, though, was the, the whole... Linux loves a lot of tiny files things, doesn't quite fit well with Windows, and so he was noticing that was a a problem. Yeah, and, you know, I've noticed that too, you know, even copying lots of small files. (laughs) That, uh... Three days. Yeah, it's like, what? It's only... Two hours. It's only, like, three gigabytes. Like, why is it taking three days? Uh Uh-huh, exactly. Messes with the estimating, too. It's horrible estimating those tiny files. Yeah, like once once you get to about you know like maybe 500k files or like a megabyte files like that's where like windows does okay which is uh pretty odd because uh, uh at least on linux like the boot process you know it reads in that image first like one huge file off the drive uh whereas windows you know loads all the tiny little files at boot Mm-hmm. Like directly off the drive, so uh, Oracle abandons Solaris uh, mostly and lays off most of the dev staff. So it looks like, uh, at least in Oracle terms, a reduction in force uh, of of most of the uh, the Oracle develop, or at least the uh, Solaris development staff. It doesn't feel like the right thing to do because you have talented people there, and you just blanket said, "Up, oh, you're all fired," and it's so, but. I, but then again, like no one uses Solaris hardly. Well, I get that. I'm just saying, like that's taking no no account to the fact that you have talented people that you might be able to use other areas. True. You fire them. It, but then, like Oracle is like a big evil company. So. Yeah. So what was the other? You may be familiar with it. I noticed the one tweet there. Someone had compared Oracle with another another company that did a similar thing and said, uh, "It's getting ah, trying to find it here." Uh, he had said, you know, how, we compare how this one works with the other one. It's I was getting the feeling that he was saying that there's another company that did something similar, but they didn't fire people. I load that comment there, but Twitter's down. Right there, it's back up. <laughs> oh, it says that the contrast this week between how HPE, so it must be HP, Oracle yeah. have disposed of unwanted software is educational. So that's why I'm, I'm wondering if uh, HP did something similar as well. I'm not exactly sure what what that would be referring to. Oh well, past huh. week. I'm doing quick Google and past week. Eh, end of life server to the. I don't really see anything obvious. Oh well. Anywho, hey, we mentioned Java back there. Uh, we did. 
it looks like Oracle has completely abandoned the Java Enterprise Edition, uh, at least as far as like uh, like running the process of improving it, and it has given it over to the Eclipse Foundation. So, to enlighten me, who have only made a a uh, very very crude things in Java, the Java EE is that equivalent to the .NET framework, and it's just saying that that would be the the continued so, development of it is now. So there's like a few uh, things about Java. There's the Java SE, which is like the the virtual machine and like some libraries and stuff. It's what uh, the applets run on top of, and like any kind of desktop, uh, uh, you know, Java programs. Uh, like for instance, Minecraft. The Enterprise Edition is like all the uh, server stuff. So servlets, uh, enterprise Java beans, uh, stuff like that. Okay. So the servlets were, or those, what they sound like more like server related things. Uh, pretty much. Okay. So, you know, things that would actually be run on internal business systems that hence, like, you know, like normal users would not be interacting with like, so hence the name enterprise. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, at least, at least, uh, you know, like server based stuff that is. Um, so, uh, this, this was pointed out to me, uh, just, just now, and I've been using this for like over 10 years that, uh, like the Eclipse Foundation, uh, was founded in large part by IBM. Uh, Hmm. so, uh, whereas like, you know, Java was being developed by Sun, uh, you know, Sun Microsystems. So, uh, IBM was hoping to eclipse the Sun Microsystems. (laughs) <laughs> okay okay that's funny yeah i like, never knew that before yeah like it's i've been using this for 10 years and never connected those dots <laughs> that's great um so uh it looks like uh java ee has uh been on uh, uh has been on github for quite a while so like this is where glassfish is being uh run from for instance so, you know, hopefully with this, uh, we can get uh, a little bit faster iteration on things because like for the past five years, Java has essentially like not done anything much. Whereas like all these uh, JavaScript frameworks have proliferated, uh, .NET has become open source mm-hmm. and a lot of other Microsoft things have become open source. Uh, Visual Studio went free. So, you know, oh, the community edition. So, They're still keeping their the good pro stuff. Yeah. Uh, so in in this uh, move towards openness, uh, IBM has also moved their Java virtual machine to the Eclipse Foundation as well. Nice. So like that that was actually pretty recent. Like in the past, uh, you know, like looking on the uh, commit log here on GitHub, uh, like the first initial commit was on the twelfth. So this is like in the past week or so. So, uh, it looks like we need to talk about Equifax. Yes, Equifax, the, uh... (laughs) So, so Equifax, uh, for those uninitiated, uh, is the, is a very large credit reporting bureau, or was, or something, um, not sure, because they got hacked, like, massively, and when we're talking about massively, we're talking about, like, 150 million people's information has been leaked 
you know, stuff not only like their addresses, their credit ratings, uh, like their jobs and other like sensitive financial data, but also things like social security numbers. And when you compare that against 300 million people in the U.S., that was half of the U.S. So your chances are like one in two of so, being affected. So if you're not a kid, if you have a job, if you have like a credit, <laughs> if you have like any kind of banking details, chances are yep. you're in this. Yep. Um, I, I've been reading. I don't know if you've done any to Andrew. From what I've seen, everyone's saying that the best thing to do is just lock your history. Yeah. Uh, and but the ironic thing is, you have to pay the credit reporting agencies like five or ten dollars to lock your history. Yeah. So it's like, so I'm gonna go have to pay Equifax five dollars to lock my history because they goofed up. Yeah. Uh. So, uh, this uh has this vulnerability. Uh, was actually a uh the exploit was through a known uh, uh through a known vulnerability but it ha- had a patch available, but it was not applied. So update your stuff. Yeah. So it looks, it looks like uh, some of their executives are stepping down as well. So uh, another thing that they did is uh, like they put up a website where you could uh, check to see if you were in the breach. Uh, but I... apparently if you did that, uh, like there was like terms that said you forfeited the right to do a class action lawsuit against them. There was a way you could undo that, though. You could, like, send them a letter through the mail or something crazy like that. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just assume that everyone everyone was in it mm-hmm. and act accordingly. Yep. It was interesting. The article there uh, was mentioning that you found, Andrew, the, about the possibilities of maybe it was another nation or something rather than just run-of-the-mill criminal hacking network. Right. It's, it's hard to know, but that is an interesting interesting perspective there so i would not be surprised if this kills aquifax it probably should kill them because i mean that's irresponsibility i mean i i I get that people make mistakes and things like that but on the other hand that's a lot of data and that's very important that that's not be leaked and now it's been leaked yeah and uh like you know again this is a very you know how should I say, obvious thing where if you have a lot of sensitive data, like really a lot of sensitive data, that makes you a target. So mm-hmm. if there's some way that you can do your stuff without having a whole lot of sensitive data in one place, that would be good. Yep. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe a long shot that this will uh, cause social security numbers to not be used in the way that they are being used. That would be good because they're kind of being abused. That's not what their original intention was. And yeah. I, I haven't looked at it for a while. I want to say someone told me once that actually there was originally, they like spelled it out in the law someplace that they were not to be using as an ID. I want to yeah. say there was something about that. Yeah. And uh, like a whole lot of conspiracy theorists and like conservatives and stuff you know, they're saying it's like they are absolutely opposed to a national ID card. Well, do you have a social security card? Then you yeah. have a national ID card already. Basically, yep. Um, so it seems that, uh, you know, you know, if you need to do like anything uh, financial or like anything kind of sensitive that like 
it you know, your social security number is you know asked you'll need to provide that uh but it sounds like what it really should be is public key cryptography now how to go about actually implementing this is like a whole other can of worms so that, i i was thinking about that the only problem with that though is when i when a server let's see here when a server has my public key and they want to authenticate if it's me, I have to give them my private key, right? So no, no. It okay. Would, you know the is it the prime? You give them the prime, the multiplication of the two together, and then they can divide it or something, and they so, can verify. That's how it was. So, like the way I would be imagining it is like you'd have you know your private key and then your public certificate or whatever. You know, the public one, you know, goes out to anyone who wants it. And then if someone wants to verify that, then they will send you a challenge and then you will encrypt it with your private key, Ah. send it back, and then they will use your public key against that message and they will get the challenge they sent back. Ah, There you go. That would work. So you just have to have to train people to do this challenge, send encrypt thing in their minds. Yeah, that that would be like the tough part. And, I know. Like, people, you lose things all the time. We're going to make this chip that we're going to implant in the brains that they can plug in and then push the button and it, or just, like, put all this data in their mind and do I'm sure everyone would go for that. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, or, like, have people print off QR codes and, like, put them in, like, a lockbox or something. Mm-hmm. And then, like, if they need something, you know, challenged, then, like, they'll scan that with their phones because... Like people lose everything except their phones. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's that's true. You could you could have the QR codes. That would be a great way to store the data. And then if you had the app, you just have to make sure the app was secure and didn't like save the save the data on the QR code. You just have to make sure that aspect's secure. Yeah. Um, but so. those are ch- challenges that could be. If you you almost need it to make it absolutely secure, it would be a way a process by which you could rotate it. So that when you think it may have been compromised, you can just kind of rotate it and change it. Yeah, like some sort of a backup key or something. A backup key, or even if it was, you know how those the this uh, multi-factor authentication uh-huh. systems how they have like the key fob or whatever you push and it gives you a new number every time, mm-hmm. something like that. True, but uh, the thing about that is is that like that's only used for one party, so. Like, you can't have, like, one public key fob code or something that someone could authenticate against. So, you know, due to the way, you know, it's essentially a one-way hash that that works off of. So, like, you know, you would need to have, like, one of those, uh, you know, key fobs from, like, every bank you do business with, Mm -hmm. every government agency you do business with, and so forth. Like, it, it has to be separate, and you can't exactly combine that. Because we're that's talking some, about software. Yeah, because well, even even then, like you're you know asking people to have something for everyone they do business with. It got my data. So I don't know, man. This is this is hard. Yeah, yeah, it is. Let me just go get our horse and buggy and get the muzzle litter and you know just 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 off in the woods someplace and yeah, let, hey, I have the have the credit history. <laughs> yeah, uh, let me get my straw hat and beard. Okay. Okay, okay. Don't forget the suspenders. You yep. gotta have the suspenders. Yep. So, uh, if you'd like to uh, submit feedback on this podcast, you can do so on thenexus.tv. 
and uh, don't forget to update your stuff. And also, today is International Backup Awareness Day, so back up your stuff, update your stuff, and do everything with your stuff. And, and check your credit history to find out how bad it is. Yes. So, um, yeah. International Talk Like a Pirate Day. <laughs> um, that, uh, I'm not, I'm not sure how annoying, uh, I will be, but, uh, or how long it will last that I can actually keep up the thing, so... But, uh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, let's see, uh, nothing really, nothing much is going on for, like, the, the uh, next two weeks or so, except work, and, uh, like, not, not even exciting work, like, we're not even going to release, uh, any sites. We used to have some warm weather here and get, catch some bike rides in there at least, least. Although, ironically, it's, it's been warmer this weekend, like, before the before what was left of the hurricane blew through, it was like nice and like seventy degrees maybe, but now it's been like eighty. What was it was when the hurricane was coming through? It felt it was kind of cold some of those days. Yeah. But today was was kind of like a nice, uh, nice weather. It wasn't too too hot, but it did get a little hot. I got a little sunburn actually just being out in the sun today. Really. Hmm. So, yeah, like, I pretty much wear sunscreen as, like, standard issue. Yeah, probably if I did that, that would help. Yeah, but then it also makes you smell like you're going to the pool. <laughs> this is true. This is true. So, yeah, like, I'm looking at the forecast now, and it's going to be clear and 80 for, like, the next week. Like, no rain at all. Like, I, w- I wonder how long this dry spell is going to last. Winter's got to come eventually. With it, it will bring snow. Uh, uh, maybe. We <laughs> hardly got any snow last winter, remember? I, I do remember that. That was kind of annoying for deer season, because it's like you hit one, and then you try to track it, and then you find a red leaf, and you're like, blood! No, it's a leaf. <laughs> it makes it tougher to find them. So, uh, yeah, I still see the rabbits. I still see the chipmunks. Mm-hmm. Um... So, if you remember where the uh, Mexican restaurant is near me? Uh, I, I remember the Mexican restaurant, but I don't remember where it is. Okay, like, do you remember a hill behind it? I, I do remember a hill behind it, yeah. Yeah, like, on that road up towards those, uh, like, uh, apartments that, uh, let's see, it was, like, one day this past week I was driving home and, like, there was a whole bunch of turkeys, like, six turkeys, like each on one side of the road. Oh, nice. Yeah. They they are very ugly birds. <laughs> they taste pretty good, though. So, although I'm not exactly sure how city turkeys would taste. Yeah, I, I don't know, because you got to wonder what they've been eating there. I guess that's it, right? Yep. So, yeah. have a good one. You too. You too.